When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to Season 3, Episode 2 of The Psychologists Are In. I am Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Albertson. Today, we are joined by our dear friend and our incredible DP, director of photography, that is, Michael McMurray. We are so excited for you to listen and geek out about murder. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? This was such a legendary episode, dare I say. Psychonic episode. Anyway, please enjoy It's so good to see your face. I'm I'm losing it a little right now. It's great to see you guys. Great to see you guys. It's so good to see your face. And Tim, I have to say too, you look fantastic. You do, Tim. You just, Let's this, just call it. Call it I love you it both. Is. This warm light you've got going on, and like your hair. We tried today. a new setting on the ring light. Oh, huh? really? Should I try a new <laughs> setting on mine? Hold on. Oh, is this better? Is this warmer? It's overexposed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would I would dial it down a bit. Okay, I'm going to dial it down. Hold on. Okay, there, there, there you go. Oh, my, oh, there it is, Maggie. Okay, thank you, Michael. There Good. It is. I feel I feel like you I You were always you were always expert. so easy to light. Oh, stop it. This is It's true. Crazy. The challenge is when she and I would be in a scene together and you had to figure out that one. <laughs> it was more of a height thing. I was thinking about just like we're well we're into season 3 now of the rewatch and the podcast and I'm so happy to have you on for so many reasons, just because you were such a part, a tool in like developing the whole feel vibe. And like this episode in particular, I was like, oh, this is shot so well. And then I'm like, right, Michael directed it. It's also beautifully lit. The whole episode is so interesting. The high school gym and the breakfast club and that sort of like vibe of like a gym party and like the it's glowy just... young romance vibe was yes. great. It was a it was amazing, and I, I got luckily a privilege to do both on that job. I was DP and director. Remember they made me that hat that they would spin around. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, Mike, was this your first episode you directed of any piece of television? Uh, no, I had done. I did a couple episodes of Soul Food before that. Love it. And then came Psych, and then I went on to Warehouse 13, where I DP'd a few and directed a few of those. I remember Warehouse 13, yeah. Yeah, knew, so um, it was number two. It was number two up. Oh, how we're so lucky. We're so lucky we Man, got to have you. The only reason it was so successful, trust me, was because of you guys. I think directing Psych is, I have to tell you, it's not difficult. <laughs> all you have to do is all you have to do is technically direct it. You know, know your shots, and then give you guys some playroom. I didn't give you guys actor notes. There was no need. You knew your characters by then. I just gave gave you areas to go to and things to play with. And then you know, I would put it together technically. But you guys were bang on with with your characters by the but time I did it. We all loved each other so much and we loved you so much and we knew that you loved us so much and we had that confidence like I trusted you so much that I I would never have worried like oh he's not giving notes because he's either afraid to or this or that you had so much in you you added that like you brought that out I feel like in us because I thought everybody was so good in this episode and the comedy and the emotion and even the Henry and um, the the Sybil stuff, like all that stuff. When I know that the person on the other end, when I'm like, they've got me no matter what, I also feel like I can fly. And like, so in a, it, while you weren't giving notes, it may, you were giving us something else, which was like your, your total trust and confidence. And we had that right back in you. One of the things about, about Mike, gorgeous listeners that I want to tell you all about is um, he was really key and instrumental, like Maggie had said earlier about setting the tone and vibe of our show and our crew. And um, much like Steve and his enthusiasm, Michael's um, constant positivity was um, infectious. So everybody, because your DP really runs, the, in addition to the first D, your DP kind of really controls the set and sets the attitude a lot in a lot of ways. And as a, as a DP, I always feel that I am sort of the, the go-between, the liaison between the cast that I know really well, well and the director that's just meeting them. 
So I'm kind of the go between. So they they play off me with my relationship with with the cast. And and I found on Psych it was it was such a a symbiotic, fun, great relationship that we all had with each other. The directors came in and just picked up on it right away and realized they were in a really safe place and that they, they too could let loose and have fun. And there's nothing that you guys couldn't do. And there's pretty much nothing we couldn't shoot because the crew was amazing. You have to admit the site crew was, was top notch. The greatest. Absolutely. And speaking yeah. of, I always heard the story that in putting the crew together, you had said, I just want musicians. Is this correct? correct. You with your <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. Because I find that the, the, the crossover between musicians, dancers, singers, actors, uh, uh, filmmakers, it's all the same. There's so many actors and, that are singers that are, you know, triple threats. And there's a lot of crew members that are triple threats, too. And also help that you were the head of you were sort of the head of the the original psych crew band. Yes. So, so we had Marco and Trevor and for sure. Yeah. All these great guitar players. Trevor was the guy that had the gear and he was the singer and I latched onto him right away. <laughs> <laughs> and we formed we formed the band because I find that if you have that, if you have a musical uh, band on a show, it draws people together. Think of the, the, the things we did on weekends. And if, if any cast member wanted to sing, as we, we saw, y- you're ready to do it. It's all part of the same game. And, and the was, camera truck. That became and like the, the hangout truck. if people wanted to like stay after work or have a an espresso or a spiked espresso or anything. They could stay or a nice in herbal tea because your your voice is a little scratchy from just right. talking all day that's, and saying oh, lines. That's right. That's exactly. right. Come to the truck. Mike, I have the finest memories, the fondest memories of that camera truck and you because that's right around the time I really started trying to seriously learn how to play guitar. And where you started teaching you were the first person to really start teaching me chords. I had that old guitar at my dad's, which I still have somewhere back in this room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting on that truck and <laughs> you teaching me an A minor going and you I just remember your voice saying, isn't that the prettiest chord you ever heard in your life? That A minor. And, mm-hmm. Which, of course, my left hand doesn't work now, so I can't really play any of those anymore. But when it's back, I'll be learning that A minor and thinking of you, my friend. You can That's sing it, Michael, then. though. I feel like you have that zest, that like love of you love your work and you love the music and like you love being every day. You had this big smile on your face. You loved us so much. And it really... It really did set a tone from the very, very beginning. One of the things I wanted to ask you was like, if you remember, I know we're into season three now, but like, if you remembered anything from notes or like even just in developing this sort of uh, tone, even the the feel, the warmth of the show uh, in the very beginning or anything like that, that like anybody came to you with about... I mean, I know I know some notes about wardrobe and things like that, but anything about lighting or anything about feel or, or mm-hmm. any of that stuff that you remember? Well, we were given, I was given a few examples by uh, Steve Franks after we did our camera tests. Yeah. We, I, li- I, I lit the camera tests and I lit them in sort of a more stylized, dramatic fashion. And we've always heard the rumor that comedy dies in the dark. I've never really believed that. <laughs> right. Um, but so, so I just lit it a little dark and, and set some examples and said, you know, we could give it a bit of a look and we could do this. Cause first of all, I'd read the first couple of scripts and I thought the writing was so fantastic that, and, and the scripts were so smart. It doesn't need to just be flat comedy lighting. We can give this a look. So I gave it a bit of a look and sent the tests in. And then I started lighting the show that way, and I got some feedback saying, well, you know, we were thinking more wedding planners. That movie had just come out. And my oh, eyes went, that wasn't planner. from Steve. That came from somewhere. You never know where some things are coming from. And I thought, wedding planners. I thought that was, that was a funny movie, but it was really bright and not really what I was going for. So I said, okay, well, let's test it. Let's try it. So I started to change the lighting a bit and give it a bit more, a bit more brighter. Uh-huh. Um, flat is a bad word to use, but that's what it was. Brighter and flatter look. And then I got called down to LA by Steve and Chris Henze for a meeting. And and I walked in and they dun, said, oh, dun, don't worry. We, yeah, don't worry. We would fire you over the phone. That's not what this was about. <laughs> so <laughs> so fear not. <laughs> it was great. I felt quite relaxed with those guys anyway, because they had the big putting green set out in front of their office. So while we're putting in front of the, the freeform office, they're saying, you know, we're not really enjoying this look either. What would you do? You know, tell us, what do you want? And I said, well, I would just like to the story. I mean, uh, the scripts are all very different. And they all play differently. Like when James was involved, he was always doing parodies. 
you know, we did the Hitchcock parody and we did like, like this episode, there was so much, there was Ferris Bueller. There was, uh, you know, breakfast uh, club, all pretty different pink. breakfast yeah. club, yeah, 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 pretty yeah. and pink references. So he liked his references. So let's, let's light to the script. Let's not have every show look exactly the same. Let, let's not give it a style. Let's give it a bunch of different styles because the shows are very different. Each episode can be very different. So I just started lighting for the story and they loved it. And I loved it. And but I didn't it. plan on that in the beginning. The, I just followed the words and the stories. And that's, that's pretty much how I developed the style, ever-changing style every episode. Yeah. Just you can follow feel the it. words. It's a feel. It really is. It's like a feel. Ev- yeah, every, every episode kind of has, you d- nailed that because it does fit the theme of the episode always, you know? And speaking of the words and the writing, when you said, I want to direct an episode, but like, I would say Bueller goes down as we have developed, we have a word on the podcast, psychonic for our most iconic episodes. I would say Bueller kicks off uh, Home Studio 2. I would say there's a couple other ones that I feel like always get kind of referenced, but I feel like Bueller really kicks off season three. And I feel like season three is when we went into another gear of like, we went yeah. And I feel like this was the this was the beginning of that. Like this this episode had so many. I remember reading it and being like Andy effing Berman, like the from the references nailing the like innocence and the love stuff, even with Corbin and Sybil. But like the Abigail Sean, the me, the Juliet Sean, the do uh, that speech that he gives about Dulé, which I know. So we'll go through the whole episode. But but I just felt like this one. Did you know you were going to get this episode? Did you know you were getting Andy's episode? And I knew what it was I was gonna getting be? the first one. I knew I was getting the the kickoff episode, right? For that for that season, and I we already had a relationship with Andy, right? So I knew it was gonna I knew it was gonna be quirky. I knew yeah. it was going to be really well done. I knew it was going to have twists and turns. And I knew it was, I knew it was going to have lots of storylines going on at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, I was pretty excited about it. And I didn't have to prep anything else because I wasn't being lined up with any other director at the time. So I had time to yeah. prepare it because right. I wasn't working with anybody else at that time. It was just me and Andy and and you guys and Mel. And then we kicked that episode off. And then I went into my regular rotation. So I did have some I did have some time to go through that episode and think about it and think about all the different layers. What and was Andy your really did kill it? Oh, I mean, everyone does in this episode. It's just like I, I the, every guest star we have, everything I, like the, mm-hmm. the the it's the gym, the whole theme, the quarter the quarterback, the uh, the king and queen, the homecoming hero, like just the whole thing is and the reg the reggae background. The Rastafarian theme. That Sean references when he goes up to wrap it up. Yeah, the Rastafarian uh, yeah. theme. Yeah. 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 And the guest the guest <laughs> that was funny. And the guests were were great. And Abigail was was great. And Rachel oh. Cook, she was great in that episode. This got into like a whole psych theme again of this 80s theme, but um and no flashback. The oh. only only, right, no flashback, only of course. episode of the entire perhaps ever where there was no James, no uh Sean flashback. I didn't even clock it. We've just lost our jobs, Maggie. We, Tim, our, we our have guests Tim, have usurped our hosting jobs. Only we, episode not to have a flashback. We pride ourselves on the notes we take and the research we do. Tim comes armed with like six degrees of 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 <laughs> Kevin Baker separation that we yeah, find like how yeah. we are all connected. Tim will find premonitions. He is like the master, and we both missed. I was just so into the episode. I was so excited to rewatch mm-hmm, it, but I was mm-hmm. so into it off the top. I know why I didn't. I didn't. Um catch that but i'll get to it in one second maggie i am popping out of the gates hard on this one i have two firsts hold on we have to do a formal hi tim hi tim hey maggie Ooh, my <laughs> vo- i couldn't quite get that high so dear listeners as i said last week my voice was a little um scroggy and i said it's not covid wank, wank. <laughs> it was covid although at the time it was not but the next day i actually tested positive for the dreaded covid my voice is a little bit better now because, um, boy, for a couple of days there, all last week, it was not in a shape where I, you would want to hear my speaking. 
I got worried about your voice. When we talked the other day, you're like, I'm feeling better. But you, it sounded like it was playing through a really bad, like, string, like, somebody really messing up on, like, a string instrument or, like, a, just a <laughs> really, really bad sound. And I was like, I, the, you're not better, Tim. You're that was not. just me. You're like, oh, honey, you're not better. Yeah, so I was like, you don't Actually, sound I was practicing good. violin while we spoke. <laughs> yes. It was so squeaky. <laughs> you were very squeaky. You guys, I hate to say it, but I'm getting older. And whether it's taking a road trip, riding a roller coaster, or even side effects from medications, nausea is becoming a more regular part of life. Actually, I don't even know if age has anything to do with it. It's kind of always been there. If nausea is getting in the way of enjoying your life's important moments, I have got good news. You've got to check out Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. Did you guys hear me say hangovers? Uh, how it works is Relief Band stimulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal your brain is sending to your stomach, telling your stomach that you're sick. It's like the name says, it's legitimately a band you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea, and you change the intensity depending on how you're feeling to make it stronger or weaker. It's that simple. Like in an Uber or a Lyft, uh, if I'm ever in the backseat anyway, I'm always looking at my phone, um, and I can bring my relief band with me no matter where. Uh, I'm going or how long the car ride is just for peace of mind. It really does help. Um, and recently, I just have to throw this in. I had like a bout of vertigo, which I had never had before. Obviously, nausea comes with that. Um, and the relief band was, uh, it worked wonders. So I can, this is a, a true personal endorsement. <laughs> uh, the product is 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, and provides all-natural, long-lasting relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. And they just released their newest model, Relief Band Sport. The Sport is waterproof, has an extended battery life, and can even attach to your Apple or Android watch. So if you are finally taking that summer trip that's been on the calendar since 2020, I've got good news. Right now, you can join the over 100,000 Relief Band users with an exclusive offer just for the Psychologist Are In listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code PINEAPPLE, You'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money-back guarantee. That's amazing. Remember, it's better to have a relief band and not need it than to need it and not have it. So head to reliefband, R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code PINEAPPLE for 20% off plus free shipping. And I also, I hope it's okay for me to shout this out, Tim, just for everybody who's listening, but that um, maybe we'll dedicate this episode to Lucy. Mike, do you remember my beautiful little dog, Lucy, who used to hang out in the... Yeah. So Lucy passed away um, a year ago, and yesterday was actually the year anniversary of her her passing. So we, the girls and I did a little ceremony with scattering her ashes and in our yard on her favorite bush. Oh, I'm sorry, Tim. It was very, Thanks, man. Well, you you were part of um, the crew that um, accepted her as made her one of our own. Mm-hmm. I posted on Instagram today a, a picture of her sitting in my cast chair as an honorary <laughs> cast member. And then she used to hang out on the, on, the, on the camera truck if I couldn't get to her very often. Yeah. And we said, hi, Tim. Hey, Maggie. And hi, Michael. Hi, you guys. <laughs> there you go. So, Maggie, are you ready for our two firsts? Are, you, are we getting them now? Get them. Yeah, Bring them. Okay. Let's Stand go. By. Bring them. Now, um, now that we're in our third season, it's getting a little harder to find the psych firsts. And so I found one, which then I realized earlier by listening to you that I was wrong, but I will, I will say it anyway. So that's like first was, this was a, our first, and this is I'm wrong. This is our first homage episode. Oh my gosh. Actually it is. We're, no, I, is think, the, I think homicidio was, I don't know. That was like an homage. That was like a theme, but I don't know that that was a specific homage to a specific, like, like telenovela this, we are very like, that is the breakfast club dance. You know, mm-hmm. d- like yeah, James does the Breakfast you, Club dance. You're right. You just bailed me out. So thank you, dear friend and co-host. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So <laughs> I was right. So that was our psych first, the first homage yeah. to the John Hughes um, theme, the mm-hmm. kid romance. And then the uh, there's a season three first. This is the first episode title with the word murder <laughs> in it. 
Because of course we're talking about murder, anyone, anyone, Bueller. Oh, Tim, you, I, I wanted to set you up for the title and, and Michael, he has this beautiful melodic way of saying murder. And, um, and, uh, so whenever we get Not to that, by everyone, I got to say he rolls his R's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Chewy. <laughs> the reason that I missed that there was no flashback is because the opening beats of this episode, you hear simple minds. Don't you forget about me, which of course is the psychotic moment and a psychic premonition because it sets up our love of the breakfast club. And um, which, of course, that that song is the theme of the Breakfast Club. And a, um, I'm not sure this might be an insider insight as opposed to a um, psychotic thing. But um, that's a song that at my high school graduation, I was actually part of a group of guys that we sang that song at our high school graduation. What? I did not know this. It's, blowing your, mind. it's blowing your freaking mind right now, isn't it? My I gosh, know this. it is. I So it's funny. Music is one of the first things I wrote down because I was like, holy hell, how did we get all of these songs? I hear Pep Benatar. We hear Simple Minds. We hear like we had the music in this was so great. And it does. You kick off with that song and you're right in it. Like you're setting. It totally like sets the tone and then you walk in. And, oh, so I was so taken with that listening to that song that I missed that there was a um, no flashback. Same. Here's the second premonition. Creepy, weird, weirdo bit. Yeah. So one of the guys in the band that I was singing with was named Reed Leland. And the oh, high school's name it. is Leland blah, 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 blah. No, that Tim? is really it's freaky, Tim. freaky already. Me. You are super tapped in with the uh, with all the synchronicities of the uh, of the realms of this life. Of uh, the realms. <laughs> I just hope I didn't cause any car accidents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By blowing this y'all's minds. Crazy. <laughs> um, okay. All right. I'm going to dive in. Cut me off. Raise your hand. Whatever. Tim usually raises his hand, but I... Um, I might, if I miss it, just start talking, because uh, I'll be over here reading this little synopsis. Okay, here we go. Tim, you want to set up the title one more time? Episode two of season three? Murder? <clears throat> Sorry, because I had to go up because it's a question. <laughs> Murder. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to do my best Sam Stein that I can do it. It's, it's very good. Very it's good. It's pretty darn good. Yeah. All right, Thanks, we're going to start with the pineapple sighting. There was a pineapple on the welcome back table at the reunion. Also, a pineapple in Henry's kitchen. And, oh, that's right. There's three. Lassie holds up a slice of pineapple at the reunion. As a garnish for my punch. Yeah. Mm. We have a lot of them here. Okay. Cold open. Here we go. We are back at Leland Bossier. And that's how I'm going to say it. I don't think that's right. But uh, high school uh, for the class of 1995 reunion. Gus is obviously freaking out about the whole event. Uh, everything has to be perfect for his special day. And Sean, oddly, it's their, sorry, I didn't yeah. it's their 13th year reunion. Because Gus is so excited to put their t- reunion together. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> rather, he skips, I mean, rather than just, we assume there was a 10. They didn't do a 15. He just he just wanted to go straight to the thirteen. It's so yeah. psych. He goes is- he goes right to thirteen, and I think uh, Sean references the twenty third at the end of the show. Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, yeah. oh, very good. <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. Okay, Sean, and this kicks off our well on top of the music, but Sean rocks a Judd Nelson photograph as his name. Psychic badge. premonition. Yes, yep. and that too. Uh, then Abigail, Sean's old crush, walks in. Gus interrupts their romantic reunion, asking Sean to help grab some folding chairs. You already know this, but so we get a picture of Judd Nelson. It was Judd's first appearance on our show. Because, of course, eventually he appears in um, Death is in the Air. And Judd was our first cast member from the Breakfast Club Get, which, as I'm sure you all know, it was the mission on our show to get everyone we could from that cast on our show. So, and Judd was the first, so that's that's your second premonition. And what does she reference? She references from the hip, uh, which is like- Yeah, she's loved, I, you I, and Judd and loved you and from the hip. From the hip, which is very cute because it kicks off their connections so quickly of like why these two, like it's a spark from the second that she walks in. And like we get, there's like something old here. Um, and this is the first time I think we actually have, like I think he's had- you know, people he's kind of funny, like he's been funny hitting on and and whatever. But I think this is the first time we see him 
kind of vulnerable around somebody uh, female. It's somebody he obviously has a past with. Oh yeah, but but so you feel the deeper. spark right like right away, and they're like rapport that that like back and forth. Um, hang on, Gus interrupts the romantic unit, asking Sean to help grab some folding chairs. Abigail hits Sean with her purse, asking what happened between them back in the day. Sean makes up an excuse for why he never showed up to their date senior year. Wink, wink. When Sean mentions to Abigail that he's a psychic detective, she laughs in his face. This laughter, it was good. I thought this this scene was so cute when they're talking in the hallway. And Michael, it's like so slow and you keep them both in the shot. And it's like, it was, it was so sweet to get like the lockers and all of that in the background and get a total high school budding romance feel. Okay, Sean looks out the window to see, only to see a man falling from the top of the building, but like Gus and Abigail keep repeating, nobody, no crime. Has he introduced himself as um, Abe Foreman, Sausage King of Chicago? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's happened yet. Okay, well, let's, let's say it has. And when he introduced himself as Abe Foreman, Sausage King of Chicago, here's a little fun fact trivia. That is the name Ferris Bueller gives to the restaurant manager to get a, a better table in a fancy restaurant on his date out with Sloan. Stop it. I did Stop some research it. on this one. Whoa. Oh my God, Tim. You're, that is fire, what you just brought. That is amazing. <laughs> I did not know that. And also good for us for the reference. That's like... For sure. Speaking of Ferris Bueller's day off, also a premonition, although he's not on the show, but... Alan Rock, also somebody who comes onto the show later. Anyway. We can call that like a premonition. Yeah, absolutely. Back at Henry's house, he gives his ex-wife a call asking how she's doing. <laughs> uh, it's painfully awkward. To everyone's surprise, Lassie is at the same high school reunion on a date with what Sean refers to as the bitchiest banana. Played this is our friend. Yes. The intensely talented, wonderful, our dear friend Janet Varney. We love Janet so much. Mm -hmm. We'll have her on yes. at some And we point have a too. six degree of separation from both Tim and Maggie on this one. Yeah. Because Janet, we eventually went, you and I both went to work with on the Thrilling Adventure Hour. Yeah. And I think our very first scene on Thrilling Adventure Hour was mm -hmm. Janet's regular section. It was. was that right? We had such a ball doing that. I think that. it's the Beyond Belief. Um, the Thrilling Adventure Hour, folks, if I'm wrong about that, I can write in. But I think Janet did Beyond Belief. So we got to work with Janet on years later. Well, if I'm not mistaken, her photo ID was you, Maggie. I Wait, believe. what? On I her? On her? Oh my god, we have to go back. Was. The psychos, yeah, I, psychos. I know you will find this. Go back and find. We need a photo of Janice. <laughs> we need of the I bitch. Believe, photo. Yeah, I believe her Dule inspired photo identification was you. Oh my god! At how some time funny. in your life. Oh, my God. I, I meant to freeze frame and see if it was a picture of Janet from high school, which I couldn't do that in time. I'm going to find it. I think we met right before on a movie together, and then we did this. And then, yeah, we we stayed friends with her for years. And then she's in um, the remake of Cloudy Chance of Murder. Uh, so we will have we will have Janet on at some point. Did she do Cloudy one or two Chance more episodes? Of improvement. Uh, Michael, did you know that? Did you know that we remade no. uh, an episode later in the, in the season? We redid Cloudy Chance of Murder. And cool. we put all new people. We literally did it word for word. It's hilarious. Um, we, we put, our, we put our, all, our psych all-star cast together for it. Yeah. Of course you did. Of course you did. So, Michael, we lost. When did we lose you? After season four. Season, I was there for the first four seasons. Okay. We love you so much. It was hard. You were based in Toronto, but mm -hmm. would come live with us in Vancouver and do these episodes and fly back and forth all the time. And um, from what I remember, you got a great opportunity in Toronto to be with your family and you had to take it. Yeah, it was the same. It was NBC, same company. We just basically relocated me to Toronto to be with my family. Was this warehouse? It was warehouse 13. Yeah. Which years later, Kirsten Nelson and I find ourselves yeah. on set with the beautiful Mike McGurry shooting a little warehouse right. 13. I think we were, we were in a skating rink. Really? In Toronto? We're in a skate, we're, yeah, in Toronto. Weren't we on a skating rink, Tim? It was in a, a, a hockey rink, rink yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want to find this episode. I have to find this episode. <laughs> okay. Sean calls Jules asking for help on the case. The nerds of the high school talk at the lockers. Yes, Tim. Uh, we need to go back a bit. I missed a um, six degrees. Stop it! Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Oh, yes. yes. The reason I, I'm holding a Hardy Boys lunchbox which is what that references to is because, and this is why it makes it a 
six degrees. When Sean and Abigail are having their flirty, flirty reintroduction, and he he makes reference to um, Parker Stevens. I have a fun um, visual aid show and tell prop for this one. So reference. Maggie knows this. I don't think we talked about it on the show, but back in April, I did a guest star in a pilot for a very handsome, lovely, kind man named Sean Cassidy. Bob, can we show the can we show the lunchbox again? That's Sean. <laughs> and um, so Sean was uh, Parker Stevens' boy detective partner on the Hardy Boys. Psychic premonition. Or was that six degrees? I can't remember which I have lost track of where we were. It's both, Tim. It's both. You're bringing both. Okay. I brought both to the table today. Yeah. All right, the nurses school talk at the lockers while Sean nods along. Uh, while Sean nods along, he realizes a glass shrine for the top football player was broken into. Gasp. Thank you, Devin. Mm. Gasp. Juliet eventually shows up in a Pepto Pink dress. <laughs> like, this is the most, you are head to toe Pepto Pink. Which, the by the way, episode. because I transcribed my notes, my written notes into an email on my iPhone, yes. my iPhone now just writes Corrects Pepto it. Pink. When I, when I hear the word Pepto, it finishes with Pepto with the word pink. So it, this is a Pepto drink. This is not even a Pepto drink. This is a Pepto chug. There's yes. so much Pepto in, in your dress. But I love this exchange between it's a prom dress and, and is there poof or is there no poof? Oh, it's just, it's such a fun psych moment. But I also like the dress is so over the top um, and totally what Juliet would do. Like, wait, I have to dress up. I have to go to a reunion and it's maybe prom themed or whatever. I, of course I would. I would bring well, cause my... Also, cause, yeah, that's right, because you go hardcore undercover all the time. But I love your reference to the fact that you didn't get to go to your high school reunion because you were working. Which exactly. I think probably in real life, you did probably didn't get to go to your high school reunion because I'm sure you were in California working. I was, and I also didn't go to my prom. So I was really uh, I was really method here in this episode. <laughs> I was really <laughs> I was really feeling it because, yes, I didn't have... I, I, never, I didn't go to my prom either. Uh, okay, breakfast club references never end. Yes, this is true. Back at Henry's house, he eats his steak alone. Sean gives him a ring. Asking for his old box of stuff from high school, he asks Henry to call his mom for help, but Henry refuses because of the last uncomfortable call. Henry and Madeline meet up to search uh, and search their basement for Sean's box. Gus talks to a girl from high school, and she retorts, I thought you would have become a doctor or something. He bores her with his job credentials, but then mentions he's a part of a, psych, a psychic duo, and suddenly she's interested. This is a very funny moment that he had, I thought. <laughs> Sean's embarrassed because his parents showed up to his high school reunion. The high school reunion did not call for uh, parent supervision. Lassiter and the banana flirt. <laughs> the banana. She asks him for a favor. She wants him to flirt with her ex-boyfriend's wife. Nuh-uh, sister, as Devin wrote. <laughs> Devin, I, I love your little add-ins. Tim, I wrote down how freaking cute you are when you have, you're like, you get this kind of vulnerable way around women and you get very funny around her. You're like, you're like buying, you like start playing the role of what she wants you to play. But at the same time, I just said, uh, you, Lassiter, Lassies get so weak around women. It's very cute. Well, Lassiter, much like Amundsen, has no game. <laughs> around the uh, the fairer sex. So to see Lassiter on a date was um, super fun to play. I'm trying to figure out how this dope of a man would do that at all. And he's so excited to be on the date. The fact that he got asked out on the date while meeting her at a, was it Ravi Shankar um, yes. concert at, at also, the Santa Barbara Bowl? Also. So he's just, just so, so excited to get, that he got asked on a date. He, he was having the best time until he realized she's a little nutty. Yeah. And, and using him. But I don't think he cared about that so much. Well, actually, he does. Well, we'll get to that in a second. After searching through Sean's box, he found a key ring with a copy of every key for the school. Sean dances around outside breakfast club style searching for clues. He killed this. This is also, Michael, the way you shot this is very breakfast clubby. Like, it's literally mm -hmm. a throwback. The whole vibe is... Like there's some up here and like these kind of wider shots and then up close shots. And and I went back and watched the Breakfast Club dance scene. Oh, did you? That's great. Yeah, well, we were mimicking. Yep. We it were stealing. It was so direct, direct thievery. It was. And it was spot You steal from on. the best. That's what I did all my career. Oh. <laughs> After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. 
So when I first heard that Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, okay, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. You guys, Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and they pass those sweet savings directly to you. And the coverage is fantastic. That was my concern. Uh, the coverage is, is just as good as anything else. It's so easy to use. I've I've been using myself. F- so for anybody who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. 15 bucks a month. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate, whether you're buying for one or a family. And at Mint, uh, families start at two lines. So all plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. See? Coverage is amazing. Use your phone, use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. You guys, it's just so easy and cheap. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash pineapple. That's mintmobile.com slash pineapple. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash pineapple. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Um, the wait for it, I wrote this down. I, I wrote down cutest wait for it of all time. Um, that when he has his classic wait, wait for it with um, Abigail, why she hasn't been married yet. I thought this was so adorable. Yeah, I loved his wait, all his wait for it's wait for it. Yeah. Yeah, it was the cutest for sure. It was the cutest of all. This was so straight up John Hughes. I loved it. Totally. Total John Hughes. All, all of it. Okay. Just as Sean and Abigail were about to kiss, he figures out who the murderers are because it's plural after searching mm. through old that was very right. good it's, it's, it's plural isn't it? it is it is and you really nailed that covid and all that was great um after searching through old yearbooks sean realizes a potential victim he heads to the auto shop room only to find henry sitting in a car in the dark sean and henry have a heart to heart i wrote i wrote down so much about this scene because Okay, they have a heart-to-heart about women and how he may have messed up a special moment. But I loved the... I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Sorry. not what? To No, interrupt. Tim, I want to know what you think I'm going to say because I know you, you can read my mind. You love the line of life isn't about one moment. It's about many moments. I wrote it down. I wrote it down. I literally wrote down that line. Um, hang on here. Having, Wait, there it is. And you're having one of them right Right now, it's about a series. It's what you do in the next one that matters. It's like learning because they're all lessons and we have all these choices. And I just was like, all of those movies and all of the questions and all of the thinking. And I just thought like, way, like we we weaved that in so well. And it's kind of profound what they're talking about, but we still, it's still psych and we still keep it light. I just found myself getting kind of emotional in this episode. And I wrote down this like beautiful thing that I thought like Andy to 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 go there with the choice and the moment and thinking about like Henry's going through his whole thing with Madeline and Sean's now with Abigail and his whole life and like just thought it was so sweet and it's so cool. They're just sitting in this car together and it's and very in classic psych still. style. We then undercut that beautiful moment with the classic Anthony Michael Hall line of can I just borrow are you underpants for 10 minutes? Yes. Yes. And then, and and it's still there. But I, I, Michael, the scene, and I'm sure you, you asked for this as well, but there is almost like a stillness in like the whole episode moves, the whole episode moves. And then you're, you kind of stop and have this moment, just like his moment with Abigail with the wait for it, just like everything that needed to land, it was really given its thing. And there's another big moment that I'm going to talk about when we get to it too. It's just so good. Yeah. 
so I have a a big six degrees moment coming up. As you just said, Sean was going through the yearbook, realizes who the suspect is, mm-hmm. and he refers to Ducky, who yes. the six degrees is, of course, our like our great friend, your coworker, John Cryer. Yes, I love John Cryer. Who you worked mm-hmm. with on Two and a Half Men. Yeah. And the side connection to John is um actually I met John through Joel McHale, my of course, my dad from the movies. Yeah. And um, we were on the same episode of The Soup together. And um, that John, he's a lovely fellow. And then John and the site connections. John was in Vancouver one time walking on the seawall where you and I first bonded. Dora walks in. He lost his wedding. We've talked about this before. And our amazing Chris Turner with Ring Finders found his wedding ring that he lost and jumped, dropped into the ocean. So John Cryer, Ducky, was aided by Chris Turner, our psych stand-in of that we all love so much mm-hmm. and your co-star. I know yeah, shortly after incredible. psych, I did uh, the last season of two and a half men with him. He's such a doll. I loved working with him so much. And then when I saw that story about Chris Turner finding his wedding ring for him along the seawall in Vancouver, I was like, this is crazy. This is my last text exchange with John was why in God's name did we never get you on our show? I know. And uh, again, so that was a, well, fourth movie. Yeah, we got to. I'm not I'm saying this is a movie. I'm saying aspirationally, hopefully, we could. When, when, because when God make... knows we need a fourth movie for the universe to realign and be right. Yes, we do. John can be in it. That is a really good thing. Uh, uh, Tim, I'm going to. Yeah, let's make that happen. Could you make some calls, Megan? Yeah. Great plan. Absolutely. Um, okay. Back at the station, Gus, Sean, and Jules search Peter's history when the chief arrives asking what they're working on. This is great. Lassity helps them by covering for them. He is covering for for us, but, oh, turns out he actually busted his date for faking prescriptions. But he's actually busting someone. One of my favorite lines of the episode is your line. I'm having the best, it's the best date I've ever had, (laughs) uh, the best date I've had in years. Is that right? Yes, it's so cute. It's just perfect. (laughs) She still (laughs) undercuts him at the reunion when he... He's trying to show off about packing heat, and he displays his gun. Yeah. And she was like, oh, what is that? You, you pull the trigger, the pen comes out so you, so you can write traffic tickets? Yeah. Just so destroys him. But um, he's still his game. And, and in the end, he has the upper hand. <laughs> um, back at the school, Sean and Gus snoop around the girls' locker room looking for the dead body. Girls' locker room. Score. <laughs> Sean and Gus hide in the locker room as the potential murderers walk in. It's a great line as they're walking past the showers and one of them says, Chris, have a moment of silence for all the great things that have happened in this room. Yes, exactly. Hilarious. Uh, Very cute. Very cute. As Gus and Sean hide in the closet, the audience gets a huge jump scare. It's true. Sean and Gus locate the mascot, and after taking the head off, they find the dead body. As Sean and Gus, this is so funny, as Sean and Gus carry the dead body, Sean runs back mid-murder victim hold to flirt with some women. (laughs) It's just perfect. (laughs) Go wild, cats. After announcing the king and queen, the potential murderers, they come on stage to accept only Sorry, for the potential, Sean to. What? You got to do that again. Oh, you, you oh get away but with there's that. another one, and she actually she actually wrote it here for you. But hang on, after announcing the king and queen, the potential. No, it's yours. You said it first. You got to murderers. That better, wasn't very good. Very good. Um, Much better than the first one. Well, you're gonna get another one here in a second. They come on stage to accept only for Sean to accuse them of. Murder. Yep. Yep. Sean then gives the speech of his life about Gus. I was in tears watching the episode again. I remember reading the script and, but like, Michael, the way you shot all of this was just so, I don't know. There's just, it was, it felt so high school reunion-y. And at the same time, like, I, 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 the second the episode starts, I do, I feel like I'm transported into an 80s rom-com. You know, um, it, and, there wasn't, but it feels like there could have been gauze on the lens because it was just so um, emotional gauze on the lens. The way it was just, oh. it was just this whole thing, you just, you really captured it, Mike, of just the it's heartfeltness beautiful. and just the, sweet, the sweetness of that, of that time in your life. And Michael is so sweet, so it it would make sense that he would bring that out in the episode. Sean reunites with Abigail. Yes. In the breakdown, in Sean's breakdown to the murderer, (laughs) Sean references, um, he had 
to kill the guy because he would have lost his scholarship. Which the way he said the word scholarship is a direct line. It's a direct line reading from Judd Nelson in Breakfast Club when he's having the scene with Paul, the great, the late great Paul Gleason. I was just sitting there shooting baskets. He says, "Coach says I think I can get a scholarship." Yeah, that's right. That's right, and that's exactly how Sean delivered it. He he got in between the the king and queen, you know, crouched down into the king's right ear and said. You were afraid you'd lose your precious scholarship right in his ear. Total Roday doing um, Judd Nelson. And a strange um, six degree, speaking of Paul, the, again, the late great Paul Gleason. Uh-huh. So, of course, Paul had passed long before Psych was on, so we couldn't get him on the show, only in spirit. But Paul's widow, Mrs. Gleason, are you sitting down, Maggie? I can see you are sitting down. I am sitting was down. The, Science teacher at the girls' elementary school at Carpenter Elementary in Studio City. Oh, stop it. At least I had some contact with A. Gleason. She was beloved by all the students and the parents, much like Paul Gleason was beloved by everyone he ever worked with. Mm, I love that. And I wish we could have had him on, too. That's sad. Um, Okay, I'm going to read the last bit, and then we'll get into fan questions. And then I want to hear more stories, too. So Sean reunites with Abigail again, and he confesses why he never showed up at the carnival, which was the sweetest confession of all time. This scene was amazing. He was so oh, good in this. Amazing. And then, then, dot, 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 they kiss. This shot, Michael, was mm. amazing. This was so good. Out of the corner of his eye, while well, he looks at Jules, because he says pretty much perfect or something. There's a line there that, but I actually read that a little bit more complicated. Like the moment and the choice and the old, the new, the 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 whole thing. It was like, it was a whole beautiful uh, moment. It was so layered. Yep. It was a goodbye kiss. It was, it was, it was. It yeah, was this moment did give me pause because she hello, says perfect goodbye. and he, he um, spots Juliet. And it is like, it is a moment where I really just went, Oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. So I thought, wait, I've seen the series. I know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. But oh, it was great okay. how he how he clocks your character. Then we end with the classic Breakfast Club ending. And that, yep. it is magic. It is so good. And that is the episode. But, Michael, yes. some people, some psychos are saying that there is on the DVD, which I guess you can't get the extras on Peacock, um, that there was like 26 minutes of extra footage from this episode. Do you remember this? That I guess we threw some scenes. I think that's what they said. It was like something like that. We threw some scenes on the DVD, like extras. And mm-hmm. I guess they calcu- calculated up the time. Um, and I forget which ones they said. Do you remember? I do not. I, I don't either. I think it might have been possibly parts of the scenes that made the show, but they were ad-libs or different lines or different yes. ideas. Yeah, that uh, that ended up on the uh, DVD, but I'm not positive they were actual scenes dropped. I'm not. I don't think I I'm going to find it. Well, now. you know, Maggie, I could we be wrong. This. Hold on here. I'm trying to see some of the DVDs. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to find it right now. Um, I know how we can solve yeah. it, though. I know how we can solve it. I think I have all the DVDs in my office on a shelf. Twenty six minutes of deleted scenes on the DVD. That's what they say. Mm. So I and think you wow. need to come over. We get some coffee and uh, we watch some some psych DVDs. We have to because I've never I've never seen any extras. Love part. Wait, Jules, uh, Jules line dancing. Oh my gosh, that's right. I remember there was a whole scene where we talk and line dance, and then I scold. I I get mad at Sean for how he treated Abigail. They said, and that there's a last like we have a chat by the locker at some point, and I'm not remembering. I do remember the line dancing scene. There was apparently some extra footage that's on the DVD extras, and I'm, I uh, I kind of forgot about it until I just read that. Um, okay, ready for some fan questions? Fan questions. Are you ready? Let's go. Michael, are you ready? Michael, ready. do you want to add anything else about the episode? Oh, I know something I want to ask you. Was James in your ear the whole time about 80s references and, and the shots of the 80s movies? Or were no. you just were you just like, bro, I've got this? <laughs> I, I, he was not in my ear. We were, we were, <laughs> we've got it. We, we talked beforehand. We figured it out. We started tuning it. And he would just take off and do his thing. And, and it was great. I would give yeah. him his boundaries, where yeah. to go. Yeah. Give him his toys to play with in different areas. Oh. And just let him let him hit it. Yeah, it was magic. 
Anything else that you want to add about the episode before we get into our fan questions? No, let's get into it. Let's do it. Okay. Any funny high school reunion memories, guys? I did not go to mine, so that will be for you. I did not go to mine. <laughs> Tim? <laughs> I went to my um, 10 and my 20, and then I missed my 30 five years ago because some dummy had a stroke. What? And what? Um, couldn't go. So my um, my friend Cam Johnson had to um, fill in for my um, MC duties because... Maggie, here's something you don't know about me after all these years. You realize I was three-time class president? (gasps) (laughs) Reaction. (gasps) I did not, and I love this. Wait. So, um, yeah, so as class president, you're normally sort of supposed to organize the um, the unions. Yes. But because I'm lame, um, other great friends from school did it. Mike, find my buddy, my dear from my school who listens to the show. Mike, you'll have to uh, email and tell me. If, I think it was, I think Heather already did it, but Cam Johnson, I know, filled in for my MC duties. So that's, I guess it's not a funny story, but um, not funny. Aww, uh-huh, but. That's so adorable. And I want to talk about class, you being class president more. I would never. I, could, I totally see that. <laughs> I, do, I don't at all. And this is so funny. I mean, I do and I don't. Like, I see you, like, taking charge, but I see it more like, the you know, on the in the drama world or something. I was a class officer. I was never class president. I was class president in grade school, but I was never in high school. This is a, this is a very funny tidbit, Tim, and I love it. <laughs> Any set stories about having Rachel Lee cook? I mean, I, I just, she came to play. I mean, she really she was, was great. She just fit she right was in. She was cute, cute, cute as a button. Yeah. Her wardrobe was superb. Her hair was great. Remember they had her hair sort of pulled back in a little pin, a little pin up here to give her a real sort of high school. She still had a high school look, even back at the reunion. She still looked like she, she was in high school. She so young. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. She looked so young. And she was so adorable. She did such a great job. She, she did. She, it was perfect. Perfect casting. Yeah, she did. Um, okay, Tim. Did you love your storyline? It was so funny. <laughs> um, yes, I did. Yes. It was so funny. And I loved it, especially because I got to work with Janet, who's so freaking funny and talented in everything she does. She's amazing. Amazing. Um, uh, and you were so good in those scenes. I wrote that down a couple of times, too. Like, you all were just hilarious together. What did Maggie's actual prom dress look like? Well, guys, I didn't go. I went to my junior prom. I think it was just like black velvet something, but uh, I don't really consider that the same as as like the the prom. Well, see, in prom. that year, that would have been eighties. Poofy, poofy shoulders. It was the nineties. Be careful. Uh, Sorry, I, mean, I, just, I you know I can't do numbers anymore. No, I think yeah. So my junior prom would have been ninety seven. Yeah. So I um and then ninety eight. Yeah, I missed. I, I I just I missed it. I don't think it was too poofy. I don't think we. I think we we're out of the poofy days then. Um, okay. No body, no body, no crime t-shirt. Uh, we might have to, we might have to get on some merch for that. It just says that question mark, question mark. Was the gym real or did they build that set? Michael, Mm, do you know? Real, real gym. Real gym. gym. These are funny uh, questions. Yep. It was a real gym and it was the same hallways. We, we looked at separating the hallways in a real school and building the gym. We looked at shooting the hallway part in one school and moving to another school for a more uh, period gym. But we found a school where we had both. So we could actually have things where you'd leave the gym into the hallway and go back into the gym. I believe, if I recall, it's the same school. We were at that school, I feel like, almost the whole episode. That's right. I remember. Yeah, long time there. Because because we managed to find one location to do 90% of the show. I remember there was a football field out there and I would run Tristan, my dog. Uh, Yeah, it was was a nice setting. Um, Tristan. Which of course, at lunch, I took Lucy out of that football field and threw the ball to her so she could run around. Yeah. Much to the uh, chagrin to the location managers, my dog's ripping with their high school football field. (laughs) (laughs) I always got in trouble at... uh, Riverview because dogs are not allowed there. So mm. whenever I would like, yeah, because they cause can the, feel the ghosts and they bark. The ghosts, exactly, exactly. All right, which character from the from the Breakfast Club would you wear on your name tag? Oh goodness, um, mm. who would I wear? I'd probably wear Ali mm. Sheedy. <laughs> of course, <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably wear Ali Sheedy. What about Judd. you, Tim? Judd, Judd, Mike, Mike's gonna go with Judd. Tim. 
I would have gone Carl. Oh, Ooh. oh, interesting. Why? Because I mean, um, it's the only character I can really remember off the top of my head. Okay. Whose name? No, that's not. <laughs> that's I mean, a good um, reason. Whose name was Carl? Um, no, it would have been Anthony Michael Hall. I, I would have picked. I would have thought because that for certainly you. I almost at that period of my life. He so influenced my comedy, and that how weird he, he came and did our show, and I got to I got to work with this guy who whose speeches and beats I memorized. Yeah, isn't that wild? It's so crazy. Life we got is so crazy. lucky. We got to work with so many of these people. What would everyone's high school superlative be? Oh, oh my goodness gracious! Mine would be most likely to have a giant farm filled with dogs. Most likely. Totally true. Yeah. It is very true. I, I was the same back then. I think we had four of them or three of them. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Animals. <laughs> oh, there. Same. Mike, we have the same. We would have been the same in high school. We would have been Tim, exactly the same. Most likely to cheer. Oh, actually, no, I'd give you this, Michael. Like, I, and you this too, Tim. But you really, with that smile on your face every single day, setting the tone, I would say most likely to cheer you up even on your worst day. <laughs> Just by his smile. And I would say the same for you too, Tim. Thanks, Maggie. <coughs> Sorry, like, You're all the best. Yes. <laughs> yeah. looking, looking, we were always looking up at Tim's smile. Oh, oh best guys, eyes, Devin wrote. Best eyes, definitely. You, you definitely yeah. have the baby blues. The ocean eyes. You got them ocean eyes, Tim. Okay, last question. Look who's talking. As yes. James was going through his box of high school stuff, I've been cleaning up my office. And I literally just have been going through my my box of high school stars. So I just found my yearbooks. I was actually voted most spirited, most involved. I That's love why this. you were the president. That's why you were the president. What was the name of your high school? Interlake High School, Bellevue, Washington, yo. So you were, you were Mr. Interlake. Like this was uh, That your... was not an official title, but... Um, it, but it was an, an unofficial title. Maybe for my year. Even though I never had a Letterman jacket. Mike had the Letterman jacket. Mike, fine. Talking to you, Mike, because I know you're listening. Mike was... Star wrestler, I kind of lettered in debate, huh. but um, I believe that you'd be great, Tim. You'd oh, be great. Right. You don't know, God. I'm. I, this is totally like I'm talking about me and my glory days of high school. That, but that's what the episode's about. Mm-hmm. I was, I was speaking of state champions. I was state champion of the of dramatic interp. It was so debate has all these different categories. There's the law debate, then there's like the acting categories. So there's, an, a, there's a category where you basically you get up and you do a scene. You do all the characters. So it's my freshman year, I won state doing Death of Salesman and um, took fourth in state mm-hmm. doing Humorous Interp with a Neil Simon play. I believe all this now. Now it's it's shaping up in my head. Yeah. I just, the class it all president makes thing. Perfect sense. Yeah. It makes perfect sense, Maggie. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> After all these Michael, years, the puzzle is coming in. So, Maggie, when you come over and we watch the DVDs, I'll show you my state trophies. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> How have you never shown me your state oh, trophies? Noxious, because they've been packed away in my office. I've gotten in oh. years. Oh, I gotta see these. God. By the way, Allison likes to say, based on what I've told about me in high school, she's like, I would have hated you in high school. <laughs> that's funny. So I would have noxious. Oh, that's great, though. I love Not it. Her. We gotta have the spirit. You gotta have the the spirited one. You have to. You have to. It all falls apart without that one. You're the glue. Much like Dulé's retrospective, where he—I mean, I wasn't the cheer, the yell leader, but no, I was the spiritual just, yell leader of the school. You, but you were spirited. You were the. I was spirited. You, were the, you got everybody uh, excited about their school. Just trying to make sure my, my classmates had a good time. That's it. Much, and you're still the same. Still exactly the same. The same thing on psych. All right, last question. Lastly, was on a date in this episode. Tim, who was your favorite romantic interaction on the show? Oh, pre-Marlo. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I guess pre-Christy. What, who was your favorite setup? God, there's been so few. Um, there were few, only a few. <laughs> um, it's got to be um, Michael. <laughs> yeah, good. I'd agree with that, too. Yeah. She's yeah. definitely the most fun. And you uh, you, you book her. <laughs> there's been so few. Well, there were so few. I mean, the first one was with the woman divorcing me, so that wasn't very fun. No, but we haven't met her yet. We don't meet her till Tuesday the 17th, which is four, right? Season four. Michael, did you do Tuesday? Yeah, you did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Absolutely love that episode. Just love that episode. My Another God. one. 
Like James Dulé's directorial debut, everybody. Talk about yeah. telling the story in lighting. Like that Ugh. whole episode with it's like, it's like bright and sunny when everyone's arriving to camp and then all the like low fog and the wind and the thing. Oh my God, it's so cool. And the and the, and the the Crocs on, uh, we won't get into the details about wearing Crocs on the wrong feet and all that stuff. The white Crocs on the oh wrong feet. Oh my God, right. Remember that? Oh, I do. Mackenzie, right? Mackenzie. Yeah. Mackenzie. You know, you know yeah. what? I just want to say one thing. What is so great about Psych is that the show is still very, very relevant. Yeah. When you, when I meet people on set, you know, uh, Billie Eilish made a comment on Fallon when she was doing a thing on Fallon. They were talking and she said, you know, when I was young, I used to watch Psych. I loved <laughs> that show. Oh, when Michael, we young. found we yeah. found that clip because we were like, we're still cool. We're cool. totally cool. <laughs> Yeah. Every people I run into, I run into people on set, you know, that, that absolutely adore them and they want memorabilia. I've still got cups. I've still got, you know, p- little pineapples. And so I have to take things in and show people to prove to them that I actually did psych. They're so excited. And the directors Aww. that I'm still working with, there's the football. Love the it. directors that I'm still working Love with it. that have done episodes of Psych that I'm meeting. And I still talk to Mel every couple of weeks. And he tried to hire me just last week for something here. And we all keep in contact, you know, with the, Col- the Richard Coleman and Marco Ciccone and Garth and Trevor. We all still talk weekly and text. So it's so relevant. It's changed lives. It's probably it is the best job I've ever done in my life as a DJ and a director. Michael, that is that is I mean, we feel that way, obviously, but that just warms my heart. I mean, we're the same. We all text each other. I mean, Tim and I, I talk every single day, all day. I mean, we're we're all so close still, and to hear that too. I mean, yeah, our our crew was was next level, connected family. Like yeah. it, it it really was, and and oh, just I, loved the show. They stayed with it and just loved it because they loved it. And these jobs, these jobs, we call them jobs. It, I don't feel like I've worked a day in my life, but these jobs we have only come around once in a while. A job like psych only comes around once in a while, maybe even once in your life. So you really have to hang on to it. And I remember the first scene I did with you as a DP, you were, you were an undercover cop in the restaurant, and remember? And Sean comes in and starts razzing you and tries to be, and you're like, buzz off, buzz off. Oh, you're an undercover. Oh, you're undercover. And that, right then, at that moment, I knew we were on to something. Oh, I love that. I, I thought that scene was magical, too. That's the episode where our, our resident Ray Sunshine finally came in to finish to fix the puzzle piece, to fill in the, the puzzle that none of us can figure out what was wrong with the puzzle. Because Maggie wasn't there yet. Thanks, guys. Yep, you, and that was the piece. Michael, it, it it's so funny because I I always say, like, I feel sometimes you know, when you, when it's, when it's good and it's really good, sometimes you're, you know, you're in the flow and you're missing it a little bit. You kind of realize after how great that time was. I actually think that all of us knew, I mean, we'd all done enough work at this point in our lives to know we had something so special. I feel like we made every day fun, fun. I feel like our, our, our memories, our joy, like we just played every day and, and, and everybody showed up every day for each other. And I feel like I, it's, it it is not one of those things that you look back and think, man, we didn't know how good we had it. Like we cherished each other so much and we still do, but we We actually, in the moment we, we captured everything we possibly could, whether it was on set in our scenes or like you playing music or us, you know, if we had guest stars coming up and taking them out and whining and dining and all the fun that we had as well, like it just, we didn't miss a moment. Speaking of this episode, talking about moments and choices, I feel like we really lived every moment. I We knew, we were like, this is magic. And it's we, all true, very we, true. Yeah. And we still have and it. All it all started. It all started with the big man. Steve Franks. Steve Franks. Absolutely. Such a dream. And a great musician. And there's that, like literally bringing that back, back into it. He a great musician as well. You, I'm sure you all bonded 
over that. But I mean, we've, we gush about him all the time, just how that energy, that fun, bright, childlike joy, like every single thing that he brings. And he says from the very beginning, he had this like no a-hole policy. Um, and he really stuck to that. Our, our set is filled with the most wonderful of the most wonderful. Like it just truly, truly is. Anyway. Yes. Um, and you were so much a part, especially we, we were obviously, I mean, like hugely instrumental and, and we, we all knew why you, you know, like we were so happy for you to go have this other experience and be with your family and everything else. But just for these years, us getting into our groove and finding, finding the, I mean, we had the magic, but, but really, really exploring it and expanding it in every possible way and setting that tone. You were so major in that. And, and just so major. We love you so much. We've talked about you um, on the podcast too, but even this episode, it was like, oh my God, he directed this episode. This is perfect. We must, we must have him because this is a really big episode and you're, you're a really big, you're a really big part of the psych family. So yeah, Mike, you were a, are a dear friend and you were such a huge part of my life on that show. And I miss you terribly. And I'm so glad we got to talk to you. You tell me once you, your house in Toronto at the time you had a pool and are you saying you had a flag that if the flag was up, it means the pool was open for the neighborhood? Is that still the case? Yeah, it still stands. Yeah, we were. But full that's yesterday. that's my complaint for you. That's the that's the welcome committee that you are. Absolutely. We have a little. We have a rapid <coughs> rapid test station. Out, I love it out in the driveway. When people show up, rapid test. You're clean. Get in there. Oh, I love it! How fun! <laughs> and you know uh, what else, Maggie? Tim what? and I went fly fishing together on some weekends. I'm not surprised. I know. Yeah. I wasn't it. Didn't you all discover that love kind of, or Tim, did you discover yeah. that love kind of that on psych and thing. over part of it? Oh, Chris Turner. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And I, we golfed together once up there, didn't we? Yes, we did. We did it all. We did. We lived, guys. We lived. We squeezed we the juice of love and fun out of that town in that time. Yeah. Yeah. And we knew it. And we knew it while we were doing it. Like Maggie says, that's what makes it so great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, we, guys. We thank captured you so the much. Moment. Oh, Michael, thank you. And thank you for being a guest. Again, thank you for joining us and regaling our gorgeous listeners with your insights and stories that only you could give. My pleasure. Thank you. What an amazing episode. It was so incredible catching up with Mike. Seriously, one of the best episodes of Psych. Definitely one of my favorites. Thank you all again for listening to episode three of The Psychologist Are In. Follow us on our Instagram at The Psychologist Are In and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. And cannot wait for next week's episode, Daredevils. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.